Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning, church. How are y'all? Good, good, man. Wasn't worship amazing? It's just so good to, to just meet with the Lord. Um, I have a couple of announcements before we get into the of, of things we're going to do today. Um, first off, if it's your first time here and, and you've, or you've been here for a long time, I say this every week, uh, but we would love to get to know you, love to connect with you. Here's the best way for you to do that. You can text 817-803-3131, text the word connect to that number, or in front of you, you may see one of those little QR codes. If you scan that, it's going to give you a little link tree with several little uh, links on there. One of them will say connect. We'd love for you to connect by just connecting that one. Also, uh, just so you know, we are signing up for VBS volunteers. Yeah, some of you are like, I love VBS. Others are like, yes, I love sending my kids to VBS, right? So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a win-win, right? So, uh, so if you want to help with VBS, we would love for you to do that. Um, and pre-registration for VBS is going to be August 10th through the 12th. Um, so if you have kids, have your neighbors, uh, bring them all. It's going to be great. And then also on the 13th of August, uh, we've uh, rented out the uh, Splash Kingdom from 630 to 830. So bring as many people as you can, and we're going to have a good time in Splash Kingdom, right? We're going to splash down in the summer. Um, so it's going to be good. Also, uh, this Tuesday, we are serving at the Center of Hope. Now, we get to serve at Center of Hope. We serve them lunch. We pray with the people while we're there. So we need servers. We need people to pray and just love on the people that are that are there. Um, and so if Henry, you want to come up here. This is Henry. He takes care of this whole ministry. And he's also an elder in the church. Um, and so Henry does a fantastic job with them. So if you want to sign up to help this Tuesday from 10 to 2, if you want to be there at 9, that's even better because i got to help set up. Uh, just talk to this man right here, and he will give you a job. He loves giving people jobs, all right? So thank you, Henry, dude. A fantastic job. My wife helps, too. It's not just me. It's yes. She keeps him in line. So that's good as well. <laughs> um, and then also this, this week, we get to send uh, kids to kids camp. And so we're going to pray for those kids. And Paige is going to come up, and she's going to pray for the kids camp. Because, you know, I, I think it's great to have a youth that just came from youth camp. Like it's on fire for God. Like God just did something fresh in their life to come and pray for these kids that the same thing would happen for them. Are you nervous? It's okay. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day and everything that you do. I pray for each child that is going to camp that moves in the Lord and the Lord moves through them at a young age and they can move through Christ in their homes and their schools and their everyday life. The kids with separation anxiety, I, bring, I hope you bring them peace when they sleep. And these kids make memories with, the, with their friends that will never be forgotten. I pray for the parents that are unsure about their kids going to a place they've never been, that you bring them peace, that they know their kids are safe. I pray for these leaders that we know um, what these kids are going through and we understand what they're going through and we lay hands on them. 
I pray for our safe travels, no traffic, and I'm going to go ahead and pray for the food now because I always forget at, uh, at camp. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Great job. Great job. Um, again, thank you for trusting us with your children. Uh, we believe that, you know, kids is ministry. It's not just kids watching, it's kids ministry. And so thank you for all those that help in kids ministry as well, pre-K and nursery. Also, some of you have signed up to help, but we still need more help. We always need more help. So we would love for you to sign up uh, for kids so you can text kids to 817-803-3131 and we'll get you a spot to serve and love these kids and train them in the Lord, all right? So this morning, we are continuing our series, Free by Fall. And this whole, this whole series, we've been building upon this thing. And so now we're about to get into the really hands-on stuff. This is stuff that's very practical. It's going to help you learn to break free of several different things. And me and Mike Martin are going to be tag-teaming a lot of these messages together. And if you don't know Mike, uh, Mike is our men's leader, but he also has a fantastic uh, ministry that God has blessed him and his wife with. And I know many of you have been uh, subject to that and blessed by that ministry, and he knows a lot about freedom, and so it's good to have him up here and share that with you. Today he's talking about a very heavy topic. If we don't get this one right, we can't move forward. This is one of the ones that are pivotal in our freedom, and so would you please welcome Mike Martin as he shares the word. Thank you. Bless you. Yeah, it's a heavy topic. And it's not a preaching, and it's not really a teaching. This is going to be an exercise. Okay, so we're going to do an exercise, and I'm going to do it. So if I don't put these pages in order, I have a tendency to ramble. And I don't want to ramble because we got time, and it's important. This is important. Um, I lived most of my life. I've lived more of my life in unforgiveness than forgiveness. I live more of my life there. And in that, here, here's, here's where we're going to go with this. First, let me pray. Lord Jesus, this is heavy. But Lord, I pray that we, each one of us would position ourselves to hear from you. That, that this would come from your heart through my mouth, that every captive within the sound of my voice would be set free. Because of you, because of who you are, because of your great love. Lord, I pray that we take this ever so serious. That, that this, is, this is extremely serious to you. And I pray that we take it serious to us so that we can take a next step with you in your kingdom, because you love us, because you made a way. Lord, help us take advantage of the way to find you, to touch you, to hear you. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so to set this up, um, I'm going to, like when Neil was talking about prophetic words, what you're going to hear is basically on a paper that I believe is very prophetic. I believe the Lord um, actually just spent a lot of time with Kim, and Kim spent a lot of time with him, and she put this together with him. And people come to our house on a regular basis for deliverance. 
We have a full-on deliverance ministry. We didn't ask to be in it. We never really even started it. We just had people start showing up to our house that were broken and hurting. We had troubles in their life. And the Lord began to show us how to minister to them through our own stories. Because he's, he's done a lot in our lives. He's done a lot. Um, you know, I started off by saying that I lived more of my life in unforgiveness than forgiveness. But once I learned to forgive, like truly forgive, really forgive, not just put it aside, oh, that didn't hurt, that's not forgiveness. And I'm going to explain all this. Forgiveness is a state of emotional or mental distress. Unforgiveness is a state of emotional or mental distress. So if you have emotional or mental distress, it's characterized by bitterness, indignation, anger, revenge, restitution. Somebody owes me. I mean, the guy on the highway that won't get out of my way, he owes me. Get out of my way. He owes me. It's, um, it's this constant looking for, like, make, I need something to make me happy. And right now, what you've done in my life doesn't make me happy, so I'm going to hold you accountable. It affects every single area of our life. You, you can have a great relationship with your spouse, but have unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody or some, somebody that did something to you years ago, and it affects your marriage. It causes tremendous anxiety and tremendous stress. You're not free. You're not free. I know the difference. I can tell you. I was in bondage. I was absolutely, totally in bondage. Complete and total despair. Anxiety, depression, anger, alcoholism, abuse, you name it, that was me. I, when, I, when I heard Isaiah 61, when I finally gave my life to Jesus, I'm like, is this all it really is? Is this like, I prayed a prayer to go to heaven. Is this all it really is? Nothing really changed. I thought things were going to get better. And when someone read it, somebody read Isaiah 61, I'm going, that's it. This is it. He came to set captives free. So then you got to say, from what? I mean, th th right here, I prayed a prayer to go to heaven. Right here, I got free. I got to live the life that Jesus had planned for me. I got to be who he called me to be. I get to walk in my identity. And in that, we get to help others. Kim and I, I mean, it's amazing what the Lord does. We don't really publicize this. We don't speak this really from, from a platform. People just come. And somebody who's gotten free tells somebody else who tells somebody else who tells somebody else. And we have somebody at our house almost every Wednesday night. And they come. And they walk in one way. I'm telling you, we see it. They walk in this way. They walk out this way. An oak of righteousness on display for his splendor. That's what it looks like. I'm like, Lord, I'm not on display for me anymore. How tough am I? How much can I drink? How ugly can I be? Who can I whip? That was my display. That's how I lived. Now it's like, Lord, who needs freedom? Who's in bondage? Who needs you? Who, what's going on in their life? Who needs what cap, what's holding them captive? What doors are open in the heavenlies that are against them, that have set themselves up against them? They need to be closed so they can walk in freedom. Time does not heal. You know, it says time heals all things. No, it doesn't heal this. It makes it worse. It'll take you to the pit. 
It'll take you lower than you think you could ever go. It'll take you to the bottom. I was drowning. I'm telling you when I learned that time didn't heal, when I started coming up, like, like there was this spiritual thing that happened to me, and I felt like I was 3,000 feet deep in the water, and it was dark, and it was black, and it was the Lord showing me where I was. There was nothing even existing around me. It was just this black chasm, and then I realized in the spiritual context of this, I was in the, I was in the depth of the ocean. There was no sunshine. There was nothing. That's what my life looked like. And then all of a sudden, he started touching me. He started calling me up. He doesn't call you out. He calls you up. And he's calling me up, and I'm coming up. And I'm, I mean, like, I'm, this is really happening in my inside of me. And, and, and I get to the, like, I see the sun, and the water's turning blue, and I can see a light, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I broke through the top of the water, and I took the first fresh breath that I think I ever took. It was like, <gasps> Oh, I'm free. I'm out of the dark. And I could see and I could hear. Because, because here, this, this, this is part of what happened to me. When I was six years old, I was molested for the first time. Some of y'all have heard that. I shared that a while back. I was molested for the first time when I was six, and it was violent, and I thought the guy was going to kill me. I literally thought he was going to kill me. And, and after that, uh, uh, he, had, he had let me go, and, and it happened in his house. I was just outside riding my bike with my friends. He drugged me in the house, and he did what he did, and I go outside. And, and, and if you can remember back when you were six, I mean, it was summertime. I didn't know what hot was. I could ride my bike, and the, the tar on the, on the street was hot, and there were bubbles, and you could always step on them and pop them and get your shoes all tarred up, and your mom was mad. But I didn't know what hot was. But after that day, it was hot. The world came alive to me. And it was hot. And the grass wasn't as green and the sky wasn't as blue. And I started my, I started my descent into the pit. Not by my choice. By the enemy's choice. It causes wounds inside of me of rejection and fear and betrayal. I didn't trust. Insecurity. Golly, was I insecure. But you couldn't tell it by me. I was the most secure person around you because I would fight you because I couldn't allow you to see this. Because I couldn't go home and tell my dad. Because my dad would have spanked me. He would have gotten mad at me. And uh, I didn't want to go through all that. So I just held it. But it became a root. And I became very, very bitter. And bitterness will take you places that you wind up in. You don't intend to walk in bitterness. But you'll find yourself there. If you have unforgiveness, you'll find yourself there. And when you do, it's a hard fight out because there's tremendous loss in bitterness. And this is something that today, this is, this is what um, the intention uh, of this exercise is, is take an axe to the root of bitterness. You don't just mess around with it. You, you, you dig around the root, and we're going to take an axe, and we're going to remove that root. 
that's going to happen. But it's going to take some participation on your part. So be, be mindful of this. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody who has walked through forgiveness. And I'm not pointing a finger at anybody that doesn't want to go there. This is for the person who's trapped. Okay? For the person who, who well, I don't have this big thing in my life. But, but I constantly butt my head up against this, and, and I don't want to do that anymore um, because I, I'm tired of the harassment. The enemy has a legal right. He has a legal right to touch you, to speak to you, to use people against you, to use things against you. Memories. Things that you can't forgive, things that you can't forget. Thoughts, they become malignant towards people. And your whole view of life, just like I told you, the sky wasn't as blue and the grass wasn't as green and I got scales over my eyes and my whole way of life became distorted. It was a skewed view. I was unmanageable. I wasn't manageable. I mean, disciplinarian people who had the right to discipline me in my life, couldn't discipline me enough because my life was unmanageable. I was unmanageable. My life was distorted. I went from a sweet little boy to somebody who the enemy got his hands on. And there's, there's other, uh, other teaching that, that's coming that's going to help with this, with what I'm talking about. As far as how do you dispel those kind of things? We're going to go deep in this. I mean, this started, this started, um, let me just say, this started with the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. June 25th, Jesus is the foundation. Like, if you've missed some of these, go back and watch them online. Make Jesus your foundation. What does that look like? Neil told you. Get your foundation right. If your foundation isn't right, there's no place to start. You got to get it right. The next one, freedom from sin's power. Is that right? Is that the next one? Yeah, freedom from sin's power. Okay, so what does that look like to be free over the power of sin? I mean, Jesus set us free over the power of sin. When he said it's finished, here's, here's Jesus said it's finished. This is what it means. Hey, David, I've done everything that I need to do for you for you to live a life that I created you to live. I don't have to do one more thing for you. I did everything for you. Now run. Go and live the life that I created you to live. I've done it all. That's what that's you're free. You're free from it. You're free from its power. You're free from its strongholds. Now we're in unforgiveness. What does that look like? Um, forgiveness, unforgiveness is a poison. It must completely be obliterated. Okay, but obliterated is a big word. It must be completely, not a little bit left, obliterated in your lives. Obliterate means to remove or destroy all traces of. There's not a trace left. If this was the root of unforgiveness, it needs to be so removed that it does not even resemble. 
you can't find a trace. It is completely gone from your life. It has no place to land. It, there's nothing that can affect you with it. It is done. You're finished. It's over. That's what it is in my life. That's what it is in others' lives that we've ministered to, Kim's life. It's I know what it looks like to be forgiven and to give forgiveness. I do not want to walk in unforgiveness for one second in my life. Not one second. Because I know what that feels like. And I hate the way that feels. I hate that the enemy tries to get to me. It's okay to hate something. I hate that. I hate the way that he tries to make me feel. I hate the way that he tries to get underneath my skin and tempt me and push me and get me. Did you see that? Did you hear that? And I'm going, yeah, I heard that. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not that man anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that that used to land on me and cause me grief and despair. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not going to walk in depression or discouragement because that has no place to land on me anymore. It, can't, it has no power or authority over me anymore. Why? Because, one, I realize that the person that did what they just did to me is my brother or sister. And what you look at is say, I'm not looking at what's wrong. I'm trying to figure out, hey, what's missing? The Lord just showed me there's something missing in their life. What's missing? Not what's wrong with them. So what does that do? That changes, that changes a place for me where I could be offended to a place of, oh, wait, how do I minister to this person? Their heart's hurting. What's going on here? If their heart wasn't hurting, surely they wouldn't have said that. So what, is, what do I got to do? How do I get close to this person? Close enough to listen and look and say, oh, there's a root. How do we touch that? Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you how unforgiveness manifests. This is a study by Johns Hopkins, the hospital Johns Hopkins, Okay. They have instituted forgiveness ministry or forgiveness classes for people who have cancer. Because this is how it ha this is how what unforgiveness does. It has a destructive influence on our well-being. You have a higher risk of heart attack. You have higher levels of pain. You have a higher risk of depression. Insomnia, nightmares, anxiety, stress, high blood pressure, high cholesterol levels, suppressed immune systems linked to cancer and diabetes, poisons our personality with bitterness and a hardened heart. It controls our mind. It, we, we have a loss of hope. We have a loss of joy. Are y'all hearing this? How much longer? It hinders our prayers. There's a scripture, Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. It hinders our prayers. It hinders our fellowship with God. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. It becomes a generational sin. Hey, parents. It becomes a generational sin passing from generation to generation. If you don't do this for you, if you don't do this exercise for you, will you do it for your kids? We've seen it changing our kids. My lineage was headed down. Now my lineage, oh man, it's amazing. My grandkids are saved and they love Jesus. It's amazing. It's different. 
<laughs> Not in my family, but yes, in my family. Thank you, Jesus. Because we broke generational stuff. We broke it off and put it where it goes over there. It gives a place to the devil. It gives him a place. Well, a while ago I said a legal right. He has a legal right. He doesn't have to ask permission. He can just touch what he wants to touch when he wants to touch it. He can just do that because that's what he does. Most importantly, it robs us of our freedom that God intends. The life that he intends for us, it robs us of. Come up here, Stephanie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to display something for you guys, okay? Just stand right up here. Stand right here in the middle. Stand right here. Okay, so this is a pretend, but this is like not pretend, okay? Where's Jeremy? Come here, Jeremy. Henry. I want to I wanna show y'all something. Jeremy, you're going to be on this side over here. I'm going to walk y'all through a scenario here. Jeremy, you get on this side. Henry, you come over here on this side. Okay. Let me have this key right here. All right. Now, Stephanie has cuffs on her. And the reason why she has cuffs on her is because, come here, Henry. Poor old Henry made a bad decision and mishandled her. Okay, you okay? Am I hurting you? Yeah. Okay. So, he mishandled her when she was six. Oh, Uncle Henry did something he wasn't supposed to do to her. But she didn't really have anybody to tell. So, she's carried it. And the bitterness started, much like my story, the bitterness started and you start acting out. And, oh, Uncle Henry, he really don't care, you know, because she wanted it. She was asking for it. It's her fault. Here, let me just take this one. Let me get this while I'm doing this so I can tell this story and be done, okay? So it goes like this. So, so Henry, in his poor decision-making, because something probably happened to him. We're not going to say what's wrong with Henry. We're going to say what's the matter. What happened? What happened in his life to cause him to do something in this life? That's caused her. So he doesn't really, he doesn't really care. He just, I'm sorry. That went on. Whatever it is, he's got nothing to say to you. He doesn't really look at you. He doesn't even participate with you as a family member. But you get to carry it. And a root of bitterness starts in your life. Not, not in his, in yours. He may have his own. But when that happens to you, you're cuffed to him. And it's a life sentence in unforgiveness. You will carry a life sentence cuffed to him in unforgiveness. And on this side, you're cuffed to the devil. He comes at will. You, this, is a, this is the legal right right here. Through what he did and your unforgiveness, the enemy has a legal right and he comes and cuffs himself to your bitter heart. And as long as you walk in unforgiveness. So now let's just take it, let's just take it smaller. Okay, so this is something. So let's just say he was your third grade school teacher. And one day at school you said something, he told you that was stupid. And it just embarrassed you in front of the class. It really wasn't a big deal. But you've harbored that all your life. And then it's been reinforced over and over again. And, you know, parents, ah, you're so stupid, da, da, da. So it wasn't a physical thing, but it was something that you heard and it touched your heart. It's the same thing. So let's take it from the big thing, mishandled, totally done, took away your innocence, to you're stupid. Okay? That's, and I'm saying that because I heard that in my life over and over and over. Mike, you're stupid. Mike, you're never going to graduate. 
Mike, you need to do this or that. Mike, why do you make stupid decisions? Mike, why are you so stupid? Okay, so in that, then I held, I held bitterness for every person that ever said that cuffed to this monster who could come and go in my life as he pleased and take. He could take my finances. He could take my relationship. He tried to destroy my marriage. He took away my relationship with my children. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. Why? Because he can, that's why. Do y'all see this? Because he can. He can. You, you, he has a legal right. He can do this. So until, until Stephanie decides to forgive, instantly, you forgive, Henry's free. You forgive Henry, he's free. This one, you don't even have to talk to. This one, you're done. He's done, you're done. When you turn this one loose, the door closes to this one. That's what forgiveness looks like. Unforgiveness will keep you in this all of the days of your life, and it will fall to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren because he's not looking just at you because he's already got you. Now he's looking, how do I go down to the next one? How do I get to Charlie? How do I get to Charlie? Well, listen, he's already there. He can already get there. Because the door is open and the sins of the fathers fall to the third and fourth generation. So here it is. He, he's over here. He's done. He's, he's like Scott Free. You've let him go. And you never bring it back up. You resolve it in your heart that you want to be closer to Jesus than you want to be closer to Uncle Henry. And in that, it closes the door to the enemy in your life. Does this make sense? Does anybody need to close the door? Y'all go, thank you very much. Does anybody need it? Has anybody got a door open? Because you have a choice to make. You, like, like, here. Where's you don't want to go away with these, do you, Uncle, no. Uncle Henry? You want to be unlocked too? Help me. Help me. Thank you. Nobody wants to be in those. I lived in those for a long time. And I had a choice to make. When this was presented to me, I had a choice to make. And it wasn't an easy choice. Because I had a long list. I had a long list. Some of you may have a long list. Some of you may have a short list. Some of you might have dealt with your list. So the ones here, so this is important. The ones that have dealt with their list, right now be praying for the ones that haven't. The ones in this room, flood this room with your prayers. That whoever is facing the hardest one, the hardest thing in their life, this was the hardest thing in my life. I... Was that I was did I was doing prison ministry, and I had gotten saved, and I didn't. I, I mean, I'm saved, and I'm going into prison. I don't know what Isaiah 61 is. I don't know that he came to set captives free, and the men that were leadership in prison gave me the forgiveness talk. And I have to tell these guys up there out of a book what forgiveness looks like when there's I have absolute corruption inside of me. I, I wish that was recorded. Because every six months we'd go back in and they kept continuing to give me the forgiveness talk until I stood there and absolutely forgave right in front of all of them. And the Lord changed my life right there. I had to make a choice. Do I still want to continue to walk in what I'm walking in or do I want to be free? 
It is a surrender to God's healing hand. You're surrendering yourself. Lord, here, here's, here's, here's what you do. With, with Uncle Henry, you don't punish him no more. It's not up to you no more. He doesn't owe you anymore. He doesn't owe you. He doesn't owe you. He's off the hook. You've let him off the hook so you can get off the hook. Now it's the Lord's to deal with. This is what I believe. I held my dad in so much unforgiveness. It was this, that my dad was so severely punished by my condemnation and hatred and bitterness towards him. The the enemy didn't have to do anything with my dad because my words had power. And I believe I had power with my negativity and my hate towards him. Because when I forgave my dad and I began to love my dad and I began to ask the Lord to build a relationship with my dad, my dad changed. Hmm. He didn't go to church. He didn't get saved. He didn't listen to an evangelist. He just started changing. Why? Because I wanted a relationship with him and I let him off the hook. And when he got off the hook, it closed the door to the enemy between me and him. And the Lord built a relationship that was amazing. So that choice changed my life. It changed everything about my marriage. It changed everything. It's a conscious, deliberate decision to release all the feelings. All means all. It's all the feels, all of it. Release all of it. Give it to the Lord, all of it. Don't hold any of it. None. Lord, this belongs to you. I surrender it to you. I give it all to you. I want nothing to do with this. Why? Because I want this door closed. I need this door closed in my life. Even, and I would say this, Uncle Henry, he doesn't deserve it particularly. In man's law, but in God's kingdom, if he loves Jesus now, he's a son. He belongs to Jesus. Whether he's chosen Jesus or not, God still loves him. Uncle Henry has a choice to make. Is he going to follow Jesus or is he not going to follow Jesus? That's not up to you. He's still created in God's image. Did he make a mistake? Yes. Is he going to pay for it? There's consequences to sin. But it's not up to us to choose those. We don't get to choose that. In me, in me standing here choosing to hate him, chose a lot of things for me that I didn't ask for. Whew. That, that storm that Christian was talking about, the winds and the storm, I was walking in that constantly. And I wasn't looking for Jesus in no boat because I couldn't see nothing but just the waves washing over me and crashing over me day after day after day. So it's a two-part process. Choosing to forgive, that's one, and entrusting God with the consequences and impact in another person's life. You just walk away from it. Lord, this is what it is. Lord, do you see that person? Yes. He's yours. She's yours. They're yours. You do what you're going to do because I want my hands off of that. I want to be as far away from that as possible and close this door up tightly. It's important to recognize 
that this is an act of your will and may be difficult and it come, might come with great pain. Mine came with, it was, it was a weight. It was heavy. I'd carried it for so long. I was familiar with it. I knew what I looked like in the middle of unforgiveness. I knew. I knew what that looked like. I knew what I was carrying. I didn't know how to get out. This is a choice that will allow you to regain control of your mind. I don't know about you, but my mind ran 24-7, nonstop, no contentment, no joy, no peace, constant. Squirrel, hamster, you name it. it. If one got tired, another one got on the wheel. It never stopped. It never slowed down. It was constant in my life. And I did not know how to stop it. I did not know how to surrender to it. I was tired. I was very tired in my mind, but I kept pushing myself. And I pushed myself, and I drank a lot to just keep pushing myself so that I could maintain Jesus just didn't die for the sins that I committed. He died for old Uncle Henry, too. When he said, it's finished, he said, Henry, I've done all that I need to do for you. When we realize that, it'll soften up our heart. I had a hard heart. I had a very complicated, hard, wired up glass on top of the walls. You're not going to get over. And when all that stuff started coming down, there was a breaking in my life. It's, it, it was hard. Because everything that I had experienced, all the emotion and everything that I would bottled up, was so entrenched and buried so deep that I'm not going to touch that. I'm just going to... Let that be what it is. And that the Lord was not satisfied with that. He pursued me. And I thank him for it. The Father, Father, our Father God, is asking you to release into his hands the pain and all the effects. Because it affects you. All the effects. He wants to take everything. He'll make a new you. And this just may be, I mean, somebody in here, I believe, has gone through many, many processes in your life, but there's just one thing. There's one thing that you keep butting up against, and you're not here by accident. It's one, and it's not that big, but it's big enough to keep you from walking in the kingdom with the power and authority that the Lord has given you as a conqueror on this earth. It's one thorn. It's one thing. And you have to turn it loose. He's asking you for it today. He's asking you. This is an ask. This is the Lord saying, will you give me that? Will you trust me with it? Will you hand it over to me in such a way to, to totally let it go? And you, so, so this is what he says, so that you can be off the hook. Whew. Whoever that is, that's amazing. Forgiveness is an essential part of the life of a believer. And I'm telling you, it, ha it needs to happen like this in your life. Forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. I mean, Kim can have a bad day. We've, we've been married 41 years. 
And she can say, I can walk in and she can say, well, honey, how are you? And she'll say, well, I had a bad day. I've had a rough day. It might be with the kids. It might be with something. Who knows? It might be with me. I've had a rough day. And she can, she, if she wants to be snippy, if she wants to have a bad day, she can be snippy and have a bad day. That's my wife, and I love her. I'm not going to hold anything like that against her. She has permission to have a bad day. Everybody has bad days. But, but here's the deal. If I let that hit my heart, then she owes me something. And pretty soon, I owe her something. Pretty soon, she owes me something. Pretty soon, I owe her something. Pretty soon, we're walking in total unforgiveness. And we don't even want to look at each other. And we're, this is silent treatment. It's just quiet. And I just get up and go to work. And I don't tell her bye. And I don't tell her hi when I get home. And I don't call her throughout the day. And she, and she knows something's wrong and I know something's wrong. Pretty soon there's a wall. I'm not giving in until she gives in. I call it the standoff. It's this. we got married couples that come all the time. Here it is, the standoff. No, I can't pull my gun down. He'll shoot me. No, I can't pull my gun down. She'll shoot me. So we're just going to stand like this for another 20 years and hope we can make it. That's, where, that's, just the, that's just the tiniest little seed of something that you let, you let set long enough, it'll build a root. And when it does, you're in trouble. So, so here's Matthew 18. This is Jesus talking. Remember, remember as, I'm ta- as I'm reading this, this is red letters. Because there's a statement at the end of it that is, the whole story is powerful. But this end statement, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stress it. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him. He owed him about 10,000 talents. It's about $2 million. He owed him $2 million bucks. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had that payment might be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all that I owe you. Then the master of that servant, moved with compassion, released him and forgave him his debt. That means all of it. Forgave the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a few hundred bucks, denarii. 75 bucks. 75 bucks. 200 million. 75 bucks. A little petty, I would say. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I'll pay you all that I owe you. He would not. So he threw, went with him and threw him into the prison until he should pay all of his debt. So when the fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came to their master. Then the master said, call him back in. And he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you have not also had compassion on your fellow servant? Did Jesus forgive all of Uncle Henry's debt? Did he forgive it? Much. Much. Now look at this one. I was a little. I forgive Uncle Henry much. 
and you didn't forgive little. The master got angry and he delivered him over to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Remember, this is Jesus. So, my heavenly Father also will do to each of you if you do not forgive your brother, and I'm going to add sister, of their trespasses from your heart. This is where forgiveness takes place. Not here. Okay, I think I've done that. I think I forgave. Well, I might have forgave. I don't remember if I forgave. I know I've talked about that. You know, it hadn't bothered me in the last few months, so I must have forgave. No. This is when you know, because it's not there anymore. It's gone. It doesn't exist. It can't be brought up. It's, if, it, if that person's name comes up, so that, that's the perfect segue to my next page. This is how you know if you have unforgiveness towards someone. Y'all want to do a little test? Here it is. Is there a person you are avoiding because of previous negative experiences? You just avoid them. Like if you saw them four aisles over in Walmart and you need something right down that aisle, you just keep on going on and get that after a while. Because you saw them down there, hey, I don't want to talk to that person. Is there a person you talk badly about and you're not able to stop? You just keep talking and mulling and going and mulling and doing and you just get just, just, just like a, it's the hamster wheel thing and you just keep talking about it, talking about it. Well, if he wouldn't have, if she wouldn't have, and this wouldn't have. Is there a person you can't stop thinking about in a negative way? It just goes over and over and over in your mind. Why did she? Why did he? Why did they? What's going on? Why did they? I'm, I'm a better person than that. Why would they think that of me? Enemy's using it. Is there a person whom you see as the source of your problems? If they would just change, if they would just do something different, if they would just meet my needs, I wouldn't have these problems. If they would just do this and this, it's not on them, it's on you. Is there a person you are constantly complaining about? Do you make boastful statements like, I would never have done that to them? Not me, I wouldn't have done that. Now, they could do that to me, but I'd have never done that to them. I'd have never done that. I'm better than that. I don't do that. I, how dare them treat me like that? I'd have never done that. Do you keep score and say to yourself, how many times do I have to forgive them? See, that had been like tit for tat, and then pretty soon there's a wall. How many times I've got to forgive them? If you forgive them like that, once, quickly. Do you continue to bring up the offense with anger and resentment? Like my life wouldn't have ended up this way. If they just wouldn't have done that, my life would be different. If they just would have held to their agreement, my life would have a completely different Fill in the blank. Do you try to tell your story in order for people to take your side? Whew. Do you need to build sides because you need to prove that you're right? And in your rightness, you couldn't be more wrong. Jesus ain't on sides. He don't take sides. 
Is there someone that, that you are easily offended by? Man, when I'm around that person, they just offend the crap out of me. They don't believe like I do. They don't walk like I do. They, don't, they just think they're so all high and mighty. Or they think this is okay and that's okay. Who do they think they're fooling? Huh? So here's what we're going to do. I need some bold people this morning. Boldness. Boldness, Lord. Boldness. Bring boldness in this house. Because we're fixing to go through a prayer. You got that over there for me? Don't read ahead of me. That's why we didn't pass this out. Don't read ahead of me. Hey, you know what? Hold. Hey, bring that down a second. There we go. Ah. All of you, all of you get aheaders. You'll already be done. Because we're going to do this together. The house that prays together slays together. We're slaying some demons today. Yes. We're going to kill some stuff over this house. Okay, so there's a prayer. And so I needed to explain it before you got ahead of me. Because you would have done it and you wouldn't have done it right. Because this is from your heart. This isn't from reading. We're going to read it. But those of you, I'm going to read it out loud. And those of you that want to read it from the screen and do it, you can. But I'm going to read this out loud. And you're going to repeat it back to me and you're going to fill in the blanks. So here's what it looks like. Father, I choose to forgive. And you're going to say, Father, I choose to forgive. And I'm going to pause and you're going to say, who? If it's your spouse, say it so. Okay, the Lord knows. You can whisper it right now. Be careful, be careful. You didn't hear me, did you? Okay, good. Four. Okay, four. Like you're getting very personal with this. Father, I choose to forgive Kim. Four. Not making enchiladas when I want them. This is serious, I'm kidding. Four. Get real. Four from here. Four. What did they do? When we minister this with people, I'm telling you, this is where people break. When they say, what for? They've been stoic, rigid. They've walked in the house powerful. You're not going to get to me. I've been carrying this so long. And you go, four. And they break. Because it's the four. It sets up the next one. Because when this was done to me, it made me feel. Feelings that were long suppressed behind my wall. It made me feel unprotected. It made me feel insecure. It made me feel broken. It made me feel worthless. It made me feel useless. It made me feel hopeless. It made me feel out of my mind. It made me feel out of control. I could go on more and more because I carried it for so long. And I became so familiar with it. The enemy had me absolutely believing that that's who I was. That that was me. And it wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. It was demons ministering to me every single minute, every single day, even in my sleep. I couldn't sleep in peace. I had bad dreams. I had nightmares. I got spankings because I couldn't stay in my bed because I was tormented and terrified. 
When this was done to me, it made me feel. Please take these emotions. Now, see, you're going to say this right here. This is, this is the giveaway. Please take these emotions and their effects for me and place them on the cross. And then there's a prayer that we're going to pray at the end, okay? It's an act of my will. Is everybody ready? Father, I choose to forgive. Who? There you go, girl. That's legit. Who else? Father, I choose to forgive. Come on. There you go. Father, I choose to forgive. Father, I choose to forgive. Hmm. Father, I choose to forgive. Powerful. Powerful. Father, I choose to forgive. Father, I choose to forgive. Don't miss this choice. Don't miss this opportunity, folks. You're getting clean. Father, I choose to forgive. Say that again. A false prophet. A false who? Prophet. Okay. Awesome. Father, I choose to forgive. That's big. Whew. That nearly makes me cry. Father, I choose to forgive. Get it off of you. Get it off of you. Unpack this. You're loved in here. This is a safe place. This is a very safe place. Anybody else? Before we move on? Father, I choose to forgive. Me? Oh, Father, I choose to forgive you. Okay. That's a big one. Because if he only would have. Because he could, but he didn't. Anybody else? Father, I choose to forgive. Anybody else? Father, I choose to forgive. I'm so cooperative. Father, I choose to forgive. Say that again. Your uncle. Okay. Anybody else? Search. He's going to do this, right? He's going to do this. You're going to have walked in this door one way, and you're walking out another. Do you need to walk? Did you walk in one way that you don't like? You ready to walk out another? Who? I choose to forgive. Be bold, church. Be bold. My parents. Anybody else? That's big. That's my sister. My real sister. 
I got a bunch of sisters, but that's my real sister. Who else? Anybody? Feel like an auctioneer. We're fixing to move forward. Because here's what I'm fixing to say. When I say four, Father, I choose to forgive. You filled in the blank. Four. Everybody say it at once. Everybody say what four. All at the same time. Four. Say it out loud. What do they do? For what? There you go. Keep going. What? What? For what? Keep saying it. For what? Hmm. And when this was done to me, it made me feel. How did it make you feel? Now let's say this together. Because here's what we're doing. I believe you made a declaration to the Lord. So here's what you're doing. You're taking this in your hands. The emotions, the feelings, everything that goes with it. And you're handing them to Jesus. Because he wants them. Why? Because he died for them. You know what he's saying? This is what he says. Graham Cook's a good teacher that I listen to. This is what he's saying. It's not yours to carry. Give me my stuff back. That's what Jesus says. Give my stuff back. That's what he's telling you all these years. Give me my stuff back. You've been carrying all this. Give me my stuff back. I died for that. I own it. It's mine. Give it back to me. Because it belongs right here on the cross with me. Not with you. It's only going to hurt you. I died for it. I'm a big boy. I own it. It's only going to hurt you. Please take these emotions and effects from me and place them on the cross. Let's go. Please take Okay, now we're going to read this prayer and close this up. As an act of my will, I choose to forgive all of those who have hurt me, harmed me, or spoken against me. I free them in my thoughts and no longer hold their sins against them. I ask you to bless them in your mercy. Thank you that I'm completely forgiven and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I will not allow the enemy to harass me about my past. I repent of my sins and choose to forgive myself and receive the full freedom of your forgiveness. Because of Jesus' forgiveness, I can forgive others in his name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, keep that up there. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up right here. And what I want you to do, bring that to the first part. Get your camera out. Get your phone out. Take a picture. Get a picture of this. Because you're going to practice this, okay? And then once everybody's got this one made, 
Put your phone down so we know, and we're going to go up to the next part so you can get this, because here, here's, what, here's what needs to happen. This needs to become such a reality in your life that, that unforgiveness doesn't even have a place to land. It doesn't even, it's, it's a nothing. Did you hear what they said? Mm-hmm. Did you see what they did? Mm-hmm. Well, are you not going to? Mm-mm. Because I want to continue to taste and see that the Lord is good. He has a, there's a particular taste. If there wasn't a particular taste of goodness of the Lord, then we wouldn't know what the bad taste of the enemy is. We have something to compare it to. To taste and see that he's good, it's like honey. In the minute I'm not tasting that, I'm going, oh, whoa. That don't taste so good. What did I just do? Think, partner with, catch a hold of. What is that? And I want to back up from that quickly and go, I don't want to be there. How do I get out of this? And I back right up to where I made my mistake and go, hmm. Jesus, I want to repent, change my mind. I want to renew my mind to what you say and not what the world says. I want to taste. I want to stay in your goodness. I want to walk in your goodness. I want to see your glory, Lord. Okay? So take these things. Did y'all get your pictures? Because I'm fixing to pray. We're going to be done. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making a way when there seemingly seems to be no way. But you make a way. Jesus, thank you for being the sacrifice for that way that you took all of the junk and you gave us a way back to the Father. I pray that we take that ever so serious, Lord, that we can come to you with whatever is going on in our life and you're going to love us. You're going to nurture us. I pray that we trust you to do that. Whatever it looks like in our lives, whatever it is that we need, if we just need to crawl up in your lap, if we need to ask for advice, if we need direction, if we need hope. Lord, you're, you're a good daddy and you give. So I pray today, Lord, that you seal up this word as your truth in our hearts that we could walk in forgiveness, closing the door to the enemy forever in that area in our life. And that it would break it over our lineage. That our children and their children and their children would be a forgiving generations that love the Lord. That do not hold people in bondage for the wrongs that they commit. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for opportunities to be free. And to walk this out in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for coming. How would I do? You're dismissed. Here we go. You're dismissed.